This is the Ops Authority Podcast, where my mission is to break down the backside of your business so you can take the right actions to grow and scale. Hey, I'm Natalie Gingrich, a small business operations expert, and I'm going to give you a front row seat to real solutions that will help you reach the vision that you have for your business, all while equipping you to put out those inevitable pesky fires and those fears that pop up. Listen in for strategies to grow your team, craft the systems and processes that you need for your business, and establish business foundations that you may have skipped over. I know you're ready to do really big things, so let's do it together. Alrighty, friends, welcome back to episode 112 of the Ops Authority Podcast. I am here today with a special guest and a certified director of operations who is going to come in and share her story. We're going to have a conversation and just allow you to see what it's like to have gone through the certification. I know many of you guys that are listening have aspirations of becoming a director of operations, whether that's imminent in our upcoming round or if that is something that you aspire to over time. Either way, we just want to give you a true picture from people who have gone through the program, who have experienced this. And one of the other things I love about doing these episodes is that you get to see a lot of different backgrounds of the women that come through and who join us in the certification process. So today we have Miss Sarah Khan, and I'm going to give you her formal bio. And then through our conversation, you're, of course, going to get to see just the lovely side that I have been very fortunate to be able to experience and walk through with her. So you'll get to see her personality or get to hear her personality today. But Sarah Khan is an operations strategist and a consultant committed to busting the BS in the online service space. And trust me, there's lots of that. I'm sure you've already experienced that. Her expertise is in bringing clarity to chaos by helping ex-corporate visionary women business owners identify and prioritize clear action steps to achieve their goals while managing all the moving pieces of their business. But her passion lies in rewiring the corporate and employee mindset, the myths and the shoulds of what it means to run a successful online business and the mental and emotional transition of moving from corporate employee to the business owner in your own right. Through her grounded, pragmatic approach to business and leadership development, she sees through the FOMO, cuts out the butts, and holds you accountable to your vision. You ladies are in for a massive treat. This woman is somebody, I'll give you a little bit of my own kind of take on this. I have been following Sarah and her work and her wisdom for far before she joined and applied to our certification program. And she's always been somebody that I have admired. The online space is so small. Social media does not hurt us. It definitely gives us the ability to be able to see people before we ever actually connect. And you know, when you kind of follow people around, you're kind of like, why did I wait so long to get to know this person? And the certification definitely allowed us to do this, but I deeply feel like we would have been connected over time at some point because we do share a lot of the same ideologies. And she's frankly somebody I admire and I love to hear her wisdom. So I mentioned in the bio here that she has the ability to help people with leadership and business development. And that's what I'm going to pick on more as we get through this interview process, because yes, she came in for the operational foundations and she'll tell you her own reasons for doing that. But what I've always seen, even maybe before she saw this, is her ability to truly be to have the ability to develop people in their leadership. She's got a beautiful background and I'm excited to share that with you guys today. Welcome to the podcast, Sarah. Thank you so much. I am so thrilled to be here. 
I, yeah, I, this is amazing. Thank you for having me. I love it. I'm, I'm appreciative of your time too. I've given the audience and our listeners a little bit of a formal background on you, but it's always fun to kind of peel back a little bit more and to hear the real Sarah, not that that's a fake Sarah, but to hear (laughs) the Sarah that they will deeply identify with because we all have this other side of more, I would say it's just more of an emotional side of where we are coming from. And so let's start with an introduction of you. I actually have a really long and checkered career. I was in corporate straight out of out of university. I studied to be a teacher, but there were no jobs and I kind of fell into corporate. And I was in corporate for 15 years or so in a project management space, executive coaching space. And then I transitioned into education and was in higher education for about 13 years. So I was an employee for a very, very long time. After I had my first daughter, I was laid off. And we moved back to Canada. I was in the UK at the time. And then when I moved here, I got another job and it was really, really great. And then I got pregnant again and had my second daughter and got laid off again while I was on that leave both times. And I'm the kind of person that it takes me a little while. Like you got to kick me a few times before I'm like, okay, you know, we really need to rethink this. There were lots of instances between both layoffs, you know, that made me feel like maybe I need to rethink my devotion to my corporate career, but I really never felt like I had any other options. For me, being an entrepreneur was not an option. It was not a possibility. I didn't have the mindset of a business owner. My brother is a business owner. He's been a business owner for a long time. Seeing him work always made me kind of go, you know what? I'm happy with my nine to five. I can go and get my my paycheck and take my holidays. I had no business being an entrepreneur. That was my mindset at the time. After my second daughter was born and I was laid off, while I was on mat leave, about two months into my mat leave, my husband was laid off as well. On Boxing Day, of all days, he was laid off. And that's also a really funny story. But that was the point at which, okay, now we're dipping into our savings. Now we are having to really struggle to you know, make ends meet. And that's when I started dabbling in the online space. And at first it was little things like, what can I do to, to make some money, you know, doing captioning for certain companies or helping people with graphics and things like that. And I don't even remember how I came to come into the online space with a business. I started as a VA, like so many of us do, and very quickly realized it wasn't quite the right fit. During this time, I was actually hired back by the same organization that let me go. And that was a huge weight off my shoulders. But going back, it felt different right? It was not comfortable anymore. It didn't fit the right way. So I stuck with my business. I wanted to you know, play it out and see how it went. And then I pivoted into an OBM space, really wasn't clear in the distinction between VA and OBM. So I was still doing a lot of implementation work. And then I heard about Natalie and I heard about the Ops Authority and I heard about the DO certification and my interest was piqued, not least because of your vetting process, which is really thorough. And that immediately made me think, okay, there's something to this. And the rest is history. I love all of that. I pulled out a few things that I want to expand on. And one of those is just, I never saw myself as an entrepreneur either. I never saw myself as having the skills, being an expert, or frankly, having the guts I was raised, I know you mentioned watching your brother navigate entrepreneurship, and I grew up with entrepreneurial parents. When my parents were married, they owned one business, and then my mother ended up taking the business once 
they split. And I grew up with a mother who worked around the clock. I mean, granted, she was doing God's work by by raising two girls and doing this alone in a male-dominated space in the 80s and 90s. You know, that's just a whole different thing than we've ever experienced. But she worked around the clock. Her work ethic is bar none, incredible. But at the same time, looking back and dissecting it, I can assure you, I never wanted to do that to my family because I feel a lot of times like I was raising my sister because, you know, my mom's role was in being the breadwinner, the only breadwinner, and also just the stress. I mean, she ended up growing a team of 60 employees and, you know, it was a, it turned into a massive business because of her success. But everything I saw about her was like, heavens no, I'm not doing that to myself. I'm not doing that to my family, not to my, even my physical health. I mean, she got out of entrepreneurship because of a breakdown and watching as a child navigate through that. You know, I kept telling myself, oh, there was no way when it came time for me to go to college. I remember like guidance counselors and stuff in high school telling me I've got chills, like telling the story and it was unexpected to bring this up. But I remember a a high school guidance counselor telling me, yeah, you should go into HR you should go into business. When you go to college, study business. And I remember thinking, I ain't doing anything with business. I had the same thought that you had, which is, I just want to go, I want to find a box. I want to live in that box. I want it to feel feel very safe and cozy. I I mean, I want to be independent. I knew I wanted to be, that was the part of watching my mother's journey just felt so good. Like, She's doing this on her own. Now she's breaking her back to do it. I didn't want to do that part, but I did want to be independent. I wanted to find something safe, more predictable and comfortable. And business didn't sound like the right answer. So, you know, I think a lot of you guys who have listened here have followed me long enough to know that I started in the healthcare space and that's my professional background. That's where I started. And of course, it's taken lots of twists and turns. I did end up getting a degree in business later on because I love it. It's exciting. And it's also how I was raised, right? Like we hear our parents' conversations and I'm very conscious of the conversations my kids are hearing from me to not paint this as stress, you know, because I do want them to, I want to do as much as I can to have them just evaluate all of their options. But I too, Sarah, never expected to be an entrepreneur. It actually scared me. It it saddened me for many years of my life, just watching what my mother had to go through. And I found a cozy, comfortable way in corporate. And it was, yes, it was stressful. Yes, I had to deal with jerk faces. Yes, I had unideal situations. Yes, I had lots of opportunities too. And when it came time for me to reassess this, entrepreneurship finally came back on the table. But it came back on the table, much like what you described. It was like we had already built something. I think that those 15 years in corporate for me, they validated what I wanted. They validated my boundaries. They validated what I wanted to be. And I finally felt comfortable enough to say, I can do this. Now, I feel very fortunate that we can navigate that experience so much differently than my mother could just because of technology, time, industry. I mean, so many different things, but I never expected to be an entrepreneur and frankly, my husband was terrified when I came to him and told him that I was going to do this. He was like, we're going to be eating ramen for a life. (laughs) (laughs) I was lucky in that sense. Yeah. Like my husband's always been super supportive and he's never been scared. When I quit, when I actually finally did quit my day job, December, 2020, it was terrifying. But at the same time, it was like a huge weight had been lifted off my shoulders. So yeah, I I understand. I do. 
Oh, goodness. There's so many different stories I could tell on that. Jess was always really supportive. He believed in me. He just, I mean, he's actually, we have the same Colby. For those of you guys who understand the Colby and are interested in the Colby, my husband and I could not be more personality different. I mean, we are literally yin and yang. There is no similarities in our personalities, but we have the same Colby. So (laughs) we're both kind of risk, we are risk averse. And so having two of us really amplified that during that transitional time. So Thankfully, we persevered and got to this point. The other piece is when you left, you mentioned the VA path. And I would bet that 80% of the people listening to this podcast, now that's a swag number. I have no idea if there's any validity (laughs) to that, but a large percentage of us have experience to draw on. But for whatever reason, we tiptoe into the space, into this space today, being a service provider, being a freelancer, whatever you want to call this, this next version, online business, remote working, we tiptoe in and we take that path of least resistance, which looks like being a virtual assistant. And I know I did that exact same thing. I was very cautious to really share all the things that I already had. It was so much more comfortable and the world at at least my perception, the, the economy that I was stepping into, they knew what a VA was and they prized VA skills. And as soon as I started to really evaluate this, I was kind of like, mm, <laughs> I don't know mm-hmm. about that. I have so much more to bring. And it was mindset. It was just a big check for me. Like, yeah. Who do I think I am? And, you know, what do you, what do you mean you want to elevate yourself with no promote? Nobody else was telling me that I should. And it was something I had to do for myself. Yeah. And that's something like I, your experience with corporate sort of validating your experience is really interesting because when I look back on it and maybe I'm just not far enough removed from it yet, but when I look back on it, you know, the last four or five years, my experience was really never validated. Like I was constantly overlooked for promotion. I was, con- you know, there, and so many people can relate to that. And so I had this wealth of experience and expertise. And every time I moved into a new role, it was like I was starting from the bottom again. And there, there nobody was interested in really examining or exploring what I could do to support the business. And when I moved into the online space, that came with me. I did not want to promote myself, like you mm-hmm. said. It was really uncomfortable. And So yeah, you tiptoe into the space, you kind of look around and it's so much easier to sell implementation. It's so much easier to convince people to hire you because you can do stuff. And that's where I think a lot of people get comfortable, but they feel unsatisfied. And that's where we we get a lot of churn and we get a lot of people who are still stuck in that box because that's what happened when I moved into the online space. Here are your boxes, Sarah. Pick one, get comfortable and, you know, don't pivot too much because this is where you're meant to be. This is where, you know, it's easier or this is where your peers are. And so I went out of the corporate box and jumped straight into a VA box and then jumped into an OBM box and then just got stuck there and didn't know how to move forward from that. Yeah. Let's talk about, we're going to come back to this theme. I think that this is going to be a theme throughout our conversation today because we've already mentioned boxes and those corporate boxes and just the way that the world puts us, you know, today in our day and age and even for our children. They're still strong signs of the world, the economy, our leaders putting us in boxes. And so we're not going to, I'm positive that we're not going to solve this today, but I do want every person who's listening to know that throughout our lives, we've been put in boxes. And especially as females, we are put in boxes. And I know that this career path has the ability to bring us back to you instead of the box. And so we'll talk about that throughout, but 
Let's enter into the DOO certification. I I know you kind of shared a little bit about how you found me and the path, but talk about the actual experience of going through the certification. So I'm a certification collector, I guess is what you would call it. And this is a throwback to, to corporate and my education experience and feeling like, you know, I need some kind of validation. So because I had taken certifications and, and courses and trainings prior, I really didn't know what to expect. The vetting process did have me, my interest peaked. I thought, okay, this is something different because not everybody gets accepted. And that immediately kind of elevated the DO program above everything else that I've done before. And honestly, just the way the program is set up to really help you not only understand the various aspects of business, but then to integrate them and, and then showing us here's how you can apply it in your business model. Here's how you can apply it as a standalone. Here's how you can apply it in so many different ways. What I loved about it was that it gave you the skills or it helped you rediscover the skills you already had, but were afraid of tapping into and then gave you all of these different options with respect to how you could step into them and share them with the world. So that was really, that was really wonderful for me. And the other really important piece for me was the community because we don't become ourselves by ourselves. And I'm not sure if it was Glennon Doyle that said that, but it's something that stuck with me after I heard it. And the community aspect was phenomenal from the other ladies in the cohort to the support coaches, to the expert coaches that you brought in. And then obviously you, because you're awesome. And it just, (laughs) the the entire experience was, I don't use the term life-changing often, but it really was for me because it helped me finally break free of that box, particularly towards the end of the program when I started to really see the possibilities for how and where I could take my business and how I could finally be free to just be me. There was no oversight. There was no one telling me that I had to sit in this box. There was no one saying to me, this is how you have to run your business. This is the model you have to to model it after. This is the template that you need to follow. And for somebody who came into the space at first wanting structure, because that's all I knew, to then feeling like none of this structure really aligns with who I am or how I want to run my business or how I want to live my life, doesn't align with my vision, doesn't align with my values. It was so refreshing to finally feel like, oh my goodness, I can actually do this my way and be successful and be loved and be happy. And it's all good. Yeah. So that's my exact same path too. There is not a person in my past, professional or personal, who would come to me and say, oh, Natalie, you're doing, this is exactly what I thought you should do. I created this, like this is so out of the box that when I meet people or when I reconnect with old friends or even local friends and someone asks me what I do, it's almost like I don't even wanna tell them because it is so me. You know, it's, it's not typical. It's not what other people do. It's not in the box. It's literally something that, we have made for ourselves. And whether we can communicate this easily and quickly to strangers is really not a big deal for me. For me, it's like I am, I really do feel like I'm doing my life's work right now. And if I didn't have all these experiences and hardships and and even successes from the past, I wouldn't be in this path. But I know when I had the, I mean, it was a very pivotal, very scary time for us as a family whenever I left corporate I was super, super serious on 
if I was not going to go back to corporate, which was always an option, right? When you're scared, I'm like, oh, the, the path of least resistance is to hop back onto the trust, onto the train that I came off of. <laughs> so that was an option. But when I thought, if I'm going to take this risk, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it my way. And there was no copy and paste option because I didn't have anybody around me that was doing this that I could have as a mentor. It just was completely foreign to me. And I didn't even know that the online world existed. I didn't, if it weren't for Facebook and the Facebook groups, I don't think I would have had the foresight or the friendships to be able to brainstorm in a comfortable place to just dream and be where I am today. But another part that I wanted to pull out here, Sarah, is you talk about the freedom to just be you, to create the business without the box, to create and do as it feels good for Sarah, not for anyone else. And to me, that's the biggest compliment I can have. I did catch myself wanting to be a little teary and that's not new for me, but (laughs) that is the ultimate compliment. And it's also a source of frustration for some people who come through the program because we have been trained to be told what to do. And even though it can be difficult and it can be frustrating at times because you just want Natalie or your coach, Natalie, not talking a third person, you want someone to tell you just what do I do next? What do you do? Even for you, I remember remember being very clear for you and thinking, I'm not doing it. I'm not gonna tell her what to do. And there's everyone likes someone to tell them what to do. I mean, that's what a director of operations does for operations, right? But as we're developing, as as we have a hand in developing other people, it's really important to me that I'm not selling you or any of the other 250 women who have come through here a business in a box. What I want to do is show you all of the skills that you already possess and then find areas of interest and a business model that works for you. And so you're going to have 250 different ways of showing up as a director of operations. And let's just face it, I think you can probably add some to this as well, but it's not even really a title that you're looking for. You're up-leveling who you are. You're walking into yourself and that's what we get to do. And the great thing is we get to do this by looking at the skills, the experience, the gifts that you have, but no, no two people should come out of the certification with the same offer or the same pricing or the same avatar. We get to do all of that ourselves. And I think that your what you have shared with us today is that's our goal. That is my goal is for you to be able to create a business that feels good to you. If you don't like finances, you don't include finances. Just because I teach you finances, I want you to understand enough about finances to have a knowledgeable director level conversation, understanding, and a little bit of education and experience so that you can navigate those conversations with your client or your as you're consulting or whatever path you end up going down. But that doesn't mean you have to be an expert. I never want to be an expert in financials, but I do know that that was part of my success and my ability to translate into this online space in a quicker way. Yeah. And I think that when I was in the program, yeah, a hundred percent, there was this piece that was like, oh, this is super frustrating because I just want Natalie or any of the coaches to tell me what to do. And when we started to really get to know some of the support coaches and the expert coaches that came in, it was so interesting to see that they were running their businesses differently. They were really using a lot of the skills that were taught in the program as part of their toolkit versus just going out there as a quote unquote title. And that I think really started the domino effect for me of, oh, wait a second, 
I don't have to have this cookie cutter framework of how it's supposed to look. Cause I do remember now, if we're completely honest in the early months, I was like, tell me exactly how this is supposed to look. Give me the, you know, the ABCs of it. And then I can go ahead and implement it. And everyone's like, no, mm-hmm. no, the options are laid out. Now you pick whichever one resonates best with you. And honestly, until we get to the end, we don't really appreciate how vital that is. Yeah, I I totally know it. I see it every single time. We have milestones that we track for our students to make sure that we are delivering on our promise. And we, we introduce, I mean, you guys all know what the milestones are and we talk about them infrequently, but we don't talk extensively about them at the early part of the program because the transformation, like you're in a discovery and a learning phase in those first three to four months. The last two months is where we see you guys set yourself free. You finally believe yourself. Like this is the pattern that happens. And as much as I would love to dump that into month one, week one, day one, I would love that. That's not what the evolution of believing in yourself. That's not the evolution of up-leveling. That's just not the way it happens. And there's got to be a process. And that's just, that's really a, a true proven process and timeline of what happens inside of the program. The good thing is we kick off with the strategic mapping so that you can, you do like that is a process. It's a licensed product. So you can literally take it off the shelf and put it into play. When you start putting that product in play, you start to believe that you have something special and, you know, there's science and and a lot of experience and pedagogy that goes into the way that we teach this and and how it all works out. But one of the first things that you said in this last question or conversation was that you're a certification junkie. Like it's something that, and, and I'm the same way. Like I love the validation. And the word that I wrote down on my notes today was validation. And on our application, which if you're interested and you're listening, you can go to directorofops.com. You can complete the application today. I definitely encourage you to do that. And you'll you'll get the feedback if you are accepted or if we need to look into something else. But with our application process, we ask, why are you doing this? Why are you interested? And I can't tell you how many times people tell me, I've already got all the skills, Nat, or the ops authority, we already have all the skills that we need. I want the stamp of the certification so that other people believe me. And that's what validation is all about, right? And you guys who are listening, you will come here for the skills. You will leave here with additional skills, frameworks, templates, all that good stuff. But what you really walk away with is a brand new person, a brand new person who has transformed who now can do things and be released and walk into the path that they want. But the validation is extremely important. And that's why I have coaches at all times. I'm almost never uncoached. I always have a peer group. I've got, you know, paid masterminds. I've got coaches who've always been along the journey with me, much like the quote you said from, I think it is Glennon Doyle, who shared that. Like, I have learned because I've had people impacting here and that's what you're getting. And it's a very common feeling when you think about that, if that hits you the same way it hit me, we're fact finders. We're also perfectionist. And that validation feels really good because it's the beginning of letting you, I mean, the reason I can tell you this today is I know that that validation is a piece of setting you free to be whoever it is, whatever, practice, perform, coach, lead, in the way that you're supposed to lead because the way I lead and the way Sarah leads should be different than the way that you lead. And it's all good. It's all okay. And sometimes you need that external validation before you feel comfortable enough validating yourself. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. So tell us where you are today. 
in your business. I know we checked the VA box, the OBM box. You're, you've come through the DOO certification. Tell us where Sarah is today. Well, I'm still kind of trying to figure out exactly how it's all going to land, but it's coming together very quickly. And it's funny how quickly it is coming together now that we are sort of at the tail end and we're graduated from the program. But the strategy piece, that first strategic mapping piece really helped me step into my love of strategy. So definitely, you know, business strategy, operational strategy is my first love, but also I discovered, rediscovered maybe my love of HR, but from the perspective of developing teams and helping develop leaders. I was an executive coach way, way, way back in the early 2000s. And it's something that I had actually forgotten about and not really pursued once I left corporate for a number of reasons. And it's something that I've now finally found a space for in this new iteration of my business. And I think that's one of the really, really great things about this program too, is you can start to see you can start to connect the dots between all of the different experiences that you've had, all the different skill sets that you have. You can finally bring them together in a cohesive business model that is all your own. So that's, that's really where we are right now with Sarah. Yes. I can see the leadership theme just coming up throughout even the coaching. Like that is who you are. I remember when you had applied and when we were evaluating your application, I remember thinking she's a consultant like this gal. And I didn't know, all I knew was your social presence, right? I didn't know you deeply or as deeply as I do today. But I remember thinking, I think we may have even had a conversation about that. You know, I could see. I have the notes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I remember thinking that, you know, there are some people I will talk to that I'm like, yep, this person, this personality type, this skill set, this experience, whatever, this is going to be fantastic for a retainer model. And then there are other people where I'm like, ooh, this person's going to be great at short-term engagements, or this person's got enough, you know, wisdom and knowledge. They may not know that they're an expert, but they've got the ability to be a consultant. And I felt that from you, not just from your degree or even just isolated to your experience in the past, but it's just you, it's who you are. And I could see that you had an you had an easier path to step into that than most people that I am in touch with. So I could see the consultancy thing, and it took me a lot to restrain or refrain from telling you just go straight there, don't look around. And I saw you navigating as we would go through each of the modules and trying to see how you could apply it, and and even making the transitions that you had to make with your current client roster and and in your own business. So. I commend you massively for doing the work because a lot of people can go through six months of this certification and walk away a new person, but not evolve as much as you have. And I think that's because you put, I saw you, we saw you putting every single module to work, to testing it, to seeing if that's, it's like you try on the dress, you know, does this fit? Does this, is this what I want to do? Do I feel good in this? Do I think I look good in it? Which is different than do I feel good? (laughs) Does, you know, how do other people see me in this dress? But you were really analyzing how it felt for you and how comfortable you would be stepping into it. So lots of accolades and it's been a real pleasure to watch you go through this and to come out the other side. And what I see is that you have this gift of leadership, which complements the gift of coaching and you're doing it with strategy and operations, which could turn into a lot of different things down the road. I think you'll probably start in that consulting space, but I wouldn't be surprised if you, whether you can say these words or not, I can see you being a thought leader in 
a particular space in strategy and operations because you're going to do it your way. You're going to come up with your own intellectual property. I see you already working on that. And there's leadership and there's thought leadership, and those are two completely different things. And, and I know that you have the ability to do that. And I love that this experience, even though you've walked away with frameworks, you're going to create your own frameworks. And I don't know if that would have come to you as quickly had you not gone on this journey. So I'm just... Oh, definitely not. <laughs> yeah. All yeah, the praise because... for you doing that, because there's well, a lot of you. trainings that we could take and we could just do them and check check it off and and maybe even attain some of the milestones. But I'm grateful that you did the intense work of showing up consistently, of trusting yourself, of doing the case studies, of asking for feedback, of being a good giver in our own private community and supporting other people. There's just, Sarah, you're a rock star and I'm super grateful to have you in our community as well. Can I say just as we finish, one of the things that I do wanna impress upon all the listeners too is courses, trainings, there are so many of them out there. We are all suffering from fatigue from courses and trainings and things like that. But one of the reasons why I was so compelled to really go all in with this particular certification was because I saw the results every single week. I did the work and you can see yourself, you can feel yourself evolving, you can feel your brain expanding, you can see the applications, the possibilities to your business. And so the way the program is set up also really encouraged this desire to do every single piece of it and finish it which you don't get in a lot of other programs. So kudos to you as well. Thank you. We, I mean, we are on now our 11th round of this and we haven't always had the support that we have had, but I knew as I was committed to delivering on the promise that I was sharing with people that accountability was really part of it. And I could do like half-baked accountability. I could try to do it alone. I could try to do it cheap. I could try to do it all these different ways. And it's just not who we are. So thank you for giving me the feedback that the investment in this team, it really does. It feels like it's exactly what I would want if I were going through this program and I could do it cheap or I could do it right. And here we are today. (laughs) Alrighty, Sarah, as we are wrapping up, I just want to give you one more congratulations and shout out for doing the work, for being a model DOO as you have gone through this process. And I can't wait to see what the next version of Sarah is. We're probably on, I always joke that I'm on like Natalie 4.0 and you're probably on Sarah 4.0 and I can't wait to see what five and six look like. I also want all of you guys who are listening, who have been inspired by her, who are curious. I know we got lots of fact finders and a lot of curious gals that are listening to us today. But if you're curious about what Sarah is up to, I would invite you to hop on over to bit.ly slash corporate dash rehab dash sign up. Sarah, do you want to give a little bit of background on what corporate rehab sounds like and looks like? Yeah. So if you are an employee, a former employee, former corporate worker who is transitioning into the online space, I have a workbook that I'm putting together that's going to help you identify some of the key mindset pieces that, you know, come up as challenges for most people who are making that transition and hopefully, hopefully grow a community of women who can support each other through that transition very, very soon. Yes, absolutely. Where can people find you at? My favorite platform is Facebook. You can find me on Facebook at the.sarah.con or you can follow me on Instagram at lynchpin.virtual. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here, friend. Thank you. It's been fun. 
Thank you for investing just a little bit of time to listen to this episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. I am so grateful to be surrounded by real action takers like you who are invested in growing their business through operations. Will you add one more action to your to-do list today? Visit theopsauthoritypodcast.com where you can join our community of business owners and other ops experts. You're going to hear from me in a week, but in the meantime, do big things on the backside of your business.